Can I get a Hoya? 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 Wow, fuck you guys. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about... Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Chris Paul was making fun of James' man boobs in practice. I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But... <laughs> I believe this is getting a bit silly. Welcome back to episode 10 of Slam Drunk. I'm Drew Hernandez, and my co-host, Michael Westner, is here with me. Hi, everybody. It's Michael H. The H stands for Horse Girl Westner. Now, we have some housekeeping to do. In today's housekeeping section, I have to share that today I've made a shepherd's pie and have only successfully made mashed potatoes with Vicky's help. The mashed potatoes would have been an absolute disaster if she did not help me recover them after I started mashing them too early. They were like sand. I started mashing them just much too early. Thank you for sharing. Uh, in my in my housekeeping update, Matt and I started The Mandalorian. We're watching it illegally, and it is not worth the money that we would have spent had we not watched it illegally. That's my hot take. I'll have a hot take come back at you. I think that you deserve to have like boiling hot water poured on you for your take on The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is one of the best franchises that has ever been, and one of the best. It's the best thing Star Wars has come out with in in recent times. Yeah, but that's not, that's not a compliment to The Mandalorian. All right, next up, we take our fantasy from the Star Wars universe to the fantasy football universe. Great segue. Great uh, riding mobile for when you're standing and want to go on wheels. Our fantasy playoff picture in first place going into our fantasy league is Trevor. Then our very own producer, August. Then Lou. Followed by Drew. Then me. <laughs> me. And then Bill our European correspondent who clearly just had some time zone issues is last. Um, and, but uh, to his credit, he's, he's finishing strong with two blowouts. In additional fantasy sports news, Mike is also hosting a fantasy basketball league for us. I don't believe any of us have partaken before. We're very excited. We also have our picture guy, Tyler Salami in on this league who was previously not in. And we are very excited for that. Let it be known that Tyler, despite, being a self-proclaimed not liker of sports balls, probably had one of the best drafts out of everyone, myself included, who I, I, I think of as a, a basketball um, pretentious douchebag. I, I thought August and Drew had pretty good, pretty good drafts. August got some extra credit for drafting well despite being at the market, and Drew didn't do any homework but still drafted very, very well. Mike did okay. Well, that's a great segue into our fantasy <laughs> songs. I believe Drew has one for August. I have one for Drew the Cuck Hernandez. And then August will have one for me, Mike the Not Cuck Westner next week. Because I beat you bad. Here with our first ever Slam Drunk live performance, meaning that he, he didn't pre-record it and then send it to us to listen to, is Drew Hernandez. And to translate Michael's kind words, that means that I actually wrote the song about 10 minutes before we started recording. So... It'll still be good. I hope you all are pleased with it. And this special, definitely uh, very thoughtful and predetermined fantasy song is from Drew to August. You put Tyler Boyd in, you take Tyler Boyd out, you put Tyler Boyd in, and you overthink him out. You do the hokey chokey and you flip your points around. It doesn't matter anyhow. You put Chris Carson in, you take Chris Carson out. You put Chris Carson in, and you overthink him out. You do the hokey chokey and you flip your points around. It doesn't matter anyhow. You put Kareem Hunt in, you take Kareem Hunt out. You put Kareem Hunt in, and you overthink him out. You do the hokey-chokey and you flip your points around. It doesn't matter anyhow. He's a domestic piece too. You put Chris Godwin in, you 
you take Chris Godwin out, you put Chris Godwin in, and you overthink him out. You do the hokey chokey and you flip your points around. It doesn't matter anyhow. You put your whole team in, you take your whole team out, you put your whole team in, and you overthink it. How? You do the hokey chokey and you flip your points around. It doesn't matter anyhow. Because you're a cuck and I beat you. That's the song. I think you did a remarkable job at highlighting the fact that I notoriously take all of my players out right before the game and put new players in. That is what some would say is the shtick. Who? What people? Vicky. Vicky, back me up. Yeah, the shtick. Guck. All right, Mike, I'm ready to be decimated. I'm ready to tear my ACL to the tune of your song. Yikes. Get fucked. Somehow, in some means, keep kicking Drew's ass like every single week. Two of my starters shacked up in quarantine, masked up, sat out, yet you couldn't beat my team. Big numbers from the Finns and Nick Chubb, and my tight end scored zero, but I still got the dub. Justin Herbert might have made my ass clench, and Deshaun grabbed 40 while he warmed up my bench. But my team came to play, to your dismay. The Ravens D dropped 13 on a Wednesday. I got 60 from Tyreek Hill, but he's an abuser, so it made me kinda ill. So I dropped his ass, and now I'm looking ahead. They call me Mike H, the H stands for horse heads. Under your sheets, so watch where you sleep. I'm on some mafia shit. Gabagool meets, was that convoluted? I won't dilute it. The point is that the little baby men are undisputed. So Drew is a cut, and powder blue balls are weak. I gotta say, this week was a good week. Well, it's safe to say the powder blue balls got nutted. On to our next segment, Beer of the Week. I won the, I won the Presidential Medal of Honor for that. I don't know what to say. That was great, great flow. Sounds like a, a song that I would listen to, like, on a speaker at Walmart um, and be, like, really interested in it and, like, Shazam it. We've all had those. That's the greatest compliment you could have given me. <laughs> Excellent work, Mike. Oh, geez. I don't know if I can recover. I don't know if my playoff hopes remain intact. But what I do know is if you liked that song as much as I did and hated it as much as I did, you can send us beer and be featured on this podcast if you email us at slamdrugpod at gmail.com. Yeah, Landon, Dave, Abby, Trev, not you, Lou, because you sent us a case of something and it's in the mail on the way, supposedly, you can be on our podcast. Uh, does any of that need to be re- fuck I, I'm sorry Mike I, that, was a, that was a really good burp it's okay there will be do more do it again <laughs> push uh, getting out of Kermit the Frog Town USA did anyone see that strange looking man uh, twerking on the wall under a very large shrimp the boyfriend no? of Jamie the distractor Johar yeah I saw it yeah I was gonna ask if I had to raise my hand to go pee this week, we are reviewing beer from Bow and Arrow Brewing made right here in my home state of New Mexico. Bow and Arrow Brewing is run by Native American women, and if you're in the Albuquerque area, you can order some fine beer at 608 McKnight Avenue Northwest, Albuquerque, New Mexico. This beer goes hand in hand with our episode's theme this week, Women in Sports. And if you know anything about us two gnarly, manly, bearded gentlemen, we are very not women, so... We don't want to talk about women's experiences. So we wanted to have a few wonderful women come on to say their opinions on all of the momentous things that are happening for women in sports. Here to review Bow and Arrow Brewing's Denim Tux with us and join us for the remainder of the show are Vicky, Maddie, and Jamie. I'm Vicky. I'm Drew's better half. And honestly, I'm just Drew with longer hair and no beard. That's true. 
quiz her on Chargers facts, she'll know every single one. We love Justin Berbert. <laughs> Fuck. Is this where I introduce myself? Oh, excellent. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't know how I got here. I just sort of kind of stumbled into the kitchen for a snack, and then uh, Mike pulled me in. So here we are. That's how we met. Yep. I am the curry in a hurry, Jamie Nicole Johar. For our lovely 10th episode of this wonderful show, all five of us are drinking Bow and Arrow's Denim Tux beer. This Pilsner is made with premium New Mexican blue corn, blue water, Hallertau, Mitterfroh, and Sapphire hops, and has an ABV of a whopping 4.9%. Denim Tux is inspired by the classic symbol of the American West as an everyday staple and cultural signifier. All right, everybody grab your beers. Denim Tux, 16 ounces, uh, bow and arrow fun. brewing slash brewery. Three, two, one. Oh. This is a really good beer. I'm really impressed. Not only is it flavorful, you're not overwhelmed by the carbonation. It's a nice, smooth, mid-color beer. I could, I could drink this every day. Maybe I will. I agree with Jamie. This beer is very smooth, very delicious, very easy to drink. Um, a little bit on the sweeter side. I'm a little bit worried about a hangover tomorrow, but those are not our worries for now. Vicky, what about you? It's kind of hop forward, almost IPA-esque, even though it's a Pilsner, but it has a much more of a smoky taste. So I'm here for it. Yeah, I thought it was smoky, a little watery, kind of like all the water uh, out west. So tastes good. I'd just like to very quickly defend water out west. We have very clean water. That's true. Especially in Deming. The yeah, cleanest I'm, showers I'm a, you could ever have. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. I'm going to hop in with that. The water in Florida tastes like fucking shit compared to everywhere west of the Mississippi. So fuck you, Mike, and fuck your Florida water. Fuck Mike, who's definitely from Florida and has been raised there his entire life. <clears throat> Chlorine water, have an ass. I was born in an aquifer. I swam my way up. You never knew my pain. More anyway. like aqua cuck. <gasps> I'd like to say one thing about the art for the brewery, though, but they did a really good job capturing the Wild West. Also, shout out that it's not a tiny-ass, like, bush can. It's a hefty can. You can get your full hand around it. It's going to last you more than five minutes. Jamie, it's a big girl drink for sure. Some would say a woman's drink. But, you know... Men could also drink this and not complain until you tell them that women own the brewery. Right. No, I'd like, I'd like to recap just what I said was that, you know, woman instead of girl. Um, no, I heard you, Drew. I know. Not, not woman instead of man. Also, men should drink this. It's a denim tux. Who doesn't look good in all denim? Vicky, please defend me. All you wear is basketball shorts and t-shirts. I wouldn't have no idea. Thank you all very much, and in the spirit of the holidays, we are moving on to Let's Get Shitty, where we will not be shitting on my daily outfits as I sit at home all day and work from my computer, and instead, we will drink our next beer and shit on a misogynist trope in high school sports. All right, I'm going to go ahead and spin that wheel. Oh, it's landed on... Calling high school women's teams, quote unquote, lady teams. This one, for my experience, started all the way back in middle school with the lady stangs. So the boys were the mustangs and the girls were the lady stangs. What the sweet niblets is a stang? Sounds like a venereal disease. It sounds like a venereal disease. It sounds like a soda you would purchase in the Caribbean, a stang. Why? It's like you took the name and then put lady in front of it. God forbid we have, you know, just regular anything. It always has to be lady something. Oh. It's for the pink text. Vicky, for anyone that may not know, who is definitely not me, I'm very familiar with this pink text. Could you explain to us what that is? The pink text is like overinflated prices for any like marketed women's products so women's razors women's pens actually they make like specific pink pens for ladies with like smaller grips because we have little dainty hands um anything that's marketed specifically for women is much more expensive than the men's counterpart and that's the pink tax 
Uh, Maddie? Specifically, women pay twice the price for half the uniform. You also have to buy accessories for your uniform. You have matching bows, you have matching scrunchies, matching jackets. I don't know if any of you did gymnastics when you were younger, but you have the white shoes that you can change the color of the logo, and you had to buy all the different colors to put in your fucking shoes. Similar to Crocs. Similar more expensive. Similar to that, but not quite like the pink tax. Um, When I was in dance, we had certain makeup that you had to buy. Everyone had to buy the same makeup so you could make the same look or whatever. But I had to pay more for mine because I needed the darker shades. Yikes. So related to, but not exactly in line with the pink tax. August, I think that um, we need a woof sound effect in whatever form it may come. And I think this is like the first time I've thought of it because that deserves a woof. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Woof. When I played volleyball, we had the lady, you know, whatever team my high school is, but there was no men's team. So there was no reason for it to even be a ladies' team because there was no men's volleyball team. It was just the volleyball team, and it had the greatest turnout of any of the sports events. So why were we the ladies team and not, you know, men's whatever, and just us be the Eagles? I don't know. I don't know. When I was younger, I played on a soccer and football team, and I was the only girl on an all-boys team. And the coaches specifically treated me differently by saying things like, oh, sweetie, you're doing great, or oh, honey, how, how are you doing today? And, like, it wasn't necessary at all. I could take any guy down, so. The most, like, cringe moment I had in college sailing was so every year in the fall there this sort of sailing event where it's four people on one boat and it's a larger boat think like your typical sailboat more something you could take out for the day kind of thing and in order to participate in the event each team had to have a woman on the team had to have a woman on the roster so Basically, how it worked out weight-wise was I was going to be the perfect weight to put on this team, even though I was a sophomore and had no idea what I was doing on this kind of event. So my first day of practice, a couple of days before that, my coach pulled me aside. He's like, hey, we're going to put you on this team. You're going to be going up to Charleston racing in this event. And the first day I get on the boat, I'm like, all right, teach me what I need to know. How do I make this team successful? What do I need to do? And one of the people who was also the captain of the team at that time looks at me and says, okay, so for this event, your name's going to be little girl. No offense by that, but it comes down to the fact that you are both little and a girl. So you're just going to be little girl. Again, with the woof sound effect. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Woof. I, I can't use, you know, students' names because of legal problems. But as, as a coach, you know, at the middle school level, which, you know, is obviously a very basic sports level, very fundamental. You know, I specifically made an effort to recruit girls to my football team. And that's because I grew up playing football alongside girls. And, you know, it wasn't like they were just there to be different or anything. Like we had a girl, her name was Selena. Selena, if you're listening to this, you're fucking awesome. She played defensive tackle. That's not anything to scoff at. Like defensive tackle is like, you know, you're in someone's face every single play for the game. And just making sports available to girls and not treating them any differently. It's just really not difficult to do. I wrote a paper in college about like inequalities between women and men in sports. And there's like a lot, but one of the biggest ones is people are still making the claim like on television that women don't play as excitingly as men. And I don't think it's because we're not as like physically gifted. I think it's because we're smarter and that's a hot take from me, but women play smarter. So you don't have all these elaborate, like exciting plays, you know, where people you know, test the limits of their physical abilities because the women won't put themselves in the position to have to do these crazy plays. I don't know the statistics on injuries between women's and men's sports, but I feel like the men get injured like a lot more. (laughs) Don't quote me on that, 
because I'm not sure, but. Vicki, so I totally, yeah, I was having the same impression. So I actually did a little bit of research coming into this with some highlighted notes. So to quote Purdue professor Cheryl Pookie, men's sports are going to seem more exciting. They have higher production values, higher quality coverage, higher quality commentary. When you watch women's sports, there are fewer camera angles, fewer cuts to shot, fewer instant replays. Yeah, it's going to be a slower game and it's going to be less exciting. And I was watching the DePaul women's basketball game over the weekend. And actually I was watching, yeah, there is one camera angle that's just panning from side to side. And in the background is men's advertisements, men's razor advertisements. They're not marketing women's sports to women. They're marketing women's sports to men, which if you want to get women more involved in sports, why are you still marketing it to men? And why are you not giving it that same marketing value that you're giving men's sports? Why is it only the one camera angle? Why aren't there these things that's talking about the instant replays, the coverage after the game about these women's sports, if you're really wanting it to be equal? Jamie, I'd also like to get your thoughts. Well, I'd like to get everyone's thoughts because I know Mike and myself and August all watch a lot of sports. You know, I'm definitely the most into football. Mike's definitely the most into basketball. And August is definitely the most into baseball. But I wonder, like, how much has to do with it with – and this is not making excuses, by the way, but I'm just curious, like, do women watch sports as much as men do? I think to answer your question, it's the same – kind of feeling that we get when getting involved in politics. You can't be what you don't see. If you don't see women being represented, if you don't see women's games televised, why would you be interested in that kind of thing? You're not seeing any reflection of yourself. You know, these little boys, they're able to look at the television and go, I want to be a professional baseball player. I want to be a professional football player. Whereas these girls, we don't look at the television and see that. At the most, every four years, we might see the Summer Olympics where we say, oh, there's a gymnast that looks like me. Or in the Winter Olympics, oh, there's a skier that looks like me. There's a tennis player that looks like me. But we don't get that same exposure that boys do to what we can be and what we can accomplish. So long as women aren't getting that same coverage, getting that same exposure, you're not going to have the female viewership. And I have actually a stat on that one as well. Yeah, so as of October 2020, 44% of the people surveyed, 44% of males surveyed said they would consider themselves casual fans. Um, Women is actually about the same, a little bit higher uh, in the 50 percentile range. So women do, they do watch sports. They're just more casual fans than, say, people who would consider themselves avid fans, which 36% of males said they would be avid fans, but 14% of women said they would be avid fans. So it's kind of who's speaking louder in the room, the avid fans over the casual fans. I also think that speaks to like the pressure of being familiar with the sport and the individual player or the team. And I feel like a lot of the discussion that like surrounds it is like, oh, you're a girl who likes sports name five statistics about like your team like and and that's ridiculous because that's not the standard that we hold to a lot of different fans (laughs) i think it also has to come down to women still aren't like from a young age women are not advertised as you know contact sport players we're advertised like tennis figure skating volleyball, soccer, even though that gets like aggressive and controversial sometimes, but we're not told we can play these rough sports. And that's why like personally rugby in college was such a monumental part of my life because I had a team of like 30 strong women who built me up all the time. And like, I'm a big girl and like built larger and like heavier And I still had a place on the team and I'm not a skinny girl in a skimpy outfit on television for the male gaze. And having that space open up for me was monumental in my self-confidence and who I am as a person, how I view the world, you know, situations I put myself in being more confrontational, which is not something women typically are, or, you know, they're not, it's not something they're told to be. Vicki. You are amazing. 
That conversation we had was also amazing. And when we come back, we will delight your ears with one of our favorite new games, Is It Hazing? Alexa, hazing yeah. to green. All right, bitch, turn green. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Reminds me of Shrek. What are you doing in my swamp? And now, an ad-lib special from Maddie, Jamie, and Drew. Guys, let's come up with an advertisement right this second. Do you find yourself paying $3 for a razor while your boyfriend pays $2 for a razor? Yes. Might be a victim of the pink tax. Or, as we like to call it, systemic misogyny. Ugh. Jamie, do you you have a recommendation for this for anyone who's struggling like you are? I do. It's called Demolishing the Fucking Patriarchy. It starts with little actions around the house, like when your man tells you to do the dishes and you tell him to go fuck himself. It can build up from there. Before you know it, we'll have women in the White House. If you're tired of the pink tax, email us at slamdrunk fuck at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com. And we'll send you a response of of Vicky and I sound bites eating shepherd's pie. This sponsorship is brought to you by Venus Razors. Feel like a lady. We're lucky enough to be joined today by three wonderful women who were collegiate athletes. If you didn't get it from the last segment, Vicky and Maddie both played women's rugby and Jamie sailed. For no reason in particular, they seem like fine candidates for a new game we're calling, Is It Hazing? In this game, (coughs) fuck. (coughs) In this game, Vicky, Maddie, and Jamie are going to play a round of flip cup to see who gets to answer the question, Is It Hazing? Whoever drinks the beer and flips the cup first answers, and the person with the most answers wins. Let's get to it. Okay. I'm on board. Your table is about to get wet. Is it hazing if stage fright pledges are forced to sign up for talent shows, theatrical performances, and stand-up spots? We have a successful flip. By the word forced, yes, it's hazing. Number two, fill your cups, everyone, if they are not already full of beer. All right, everyone says they are ready. Number two, is it hazing if they make you pray to a God that is not yours? I did it. I did it. I think the word make, anything make, force, is going to be hazing. I have to disagree. That's how I was converted to Scientology. Thank you, Maddie, for representing Scientology. Battlefield Earth is the best science fiction novel ever written. (laughs) Fill that cup. And while you do so, consider, is it hazing if they make you share all of the passwords to your streaming websites? We have a successful uh, cup flipped. I would have to say no, that's not hazing because my family does that to me all the time. Vicky says, pay your dues. Have you considered that your family may be hazing you? Are we doing all these? Well, that's fair. Don't look at the screen, Maddie. <laughs> Is it hazing if they date your mom? Flip that cup. We have another flip cup in oh, the homeowner's house. Oh, we have a tie between Jamie and Vicky. Maddie, break the tie. Jamie the can have drum. it. It's not hazing if they sleep with my mom. My mom is an empowered woman. Woman. She makes her own decisions about who she sleeps with. Whether it's my father that she's married to or not, that's her choice. That is not hazing. My mom's a MILF. Fuck you, Drew. I'd have to say that's how I got my second dad to pay for my college tuition, so. For our OCD listeners, I have to clarify the technicality. The question was, is it hazing if they date your mom? Jamie, do you see any difference between dating and sleeping with? No. Again, my mom is an empowered woman. She can make her decision who she dates, whether or not that's my father that she's still married to or not. My mom's a MILF. Fuck you, Drew. I would have to agree with that one. Jamie's mom is a MILF. Fuck you, Drew. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Fuck you, Drew. Give us a good old email 
at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com saying, fuck you, Drew. And you may or may not receive a Sharpied Baby signed by the one and only Jamie Nicole Johar. You will find that name nowhere else. And Vicky has finished her beer. Good news for us, bad news for you. And let's go on. All right. Is it hazing if Ben is the one who's dating your mom? Ben Polino, who we had on the last episode. I did it again. This is a tough one for me. I love both Ben Polino and my mother. I wouldn't like it. I don't want to call Ben daddy. Um, I'm going to go with not hazing. Again, not hazing. Ben, Ben, you have my blessing to date my mom. Under no circumstances am I calling Ben daddy and not being hazed. Just to clarify. That's because Ben is not the dom in his Is it hazing if they make you go to the dentist every eight months instead of the recommended by nine out of ten dentists six? We have a flip cup. The dentist is your own choice. So I'm going to say, yeah, that's hazing. I know a lot of people have never been to the dentist. And if you don't have dental insurance, that shit expensive. Hazing. Is there a pink tax on dental insurance? No, but my dentist once told me I should smile more, so. And that's a pink tax in and of itself. Mike, take us on to question number seven. Is it hazing if they tell you that they love you and then leave you? Yes. Hazing. Can we get a uh, clarification on who they is in your specific situation, Jamie Nicole Johar? Okay, so if they tell you they love you, it's the man. It's the patriarchy. They say, we're going to take care of you. And then they don't. They leave you to pay the pink tax. They leave you to get paid 79 cents for every dollar paid to a man. They is the man and they need to be demolished. That is hazing. You heard it here first, folks. And number eight, is it hazing if they pick on you for your dyslexia? We have a successful cup flipped over here. Bro, if you can't read, you can't read. That's not hazing. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. You just illiterate boy. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, August, I'm sorry. I would never haze you for being dyslexic. August, to, to be clear, <laughs> I do not have dyslexia, and I also struggle reading, but I 100%, I think that makes me more qualified to haze you, and I definitely would. Is it hazing if they don't take your last name in marriage, I assume? Or maybe in a stick-up? No, it's not hazing because if this happens for me in the future, it's not going to be my husband or man or wife that got their PhD. It's going to be a me, Mario. So no, it's not hazing. Jamie Mario Johar, excuse me, Dr. Jamie Mario Johar, spitting the straight Italian facts. On to number 10, is it hazing? If they tell you they're an Arabian prince and you send them $1,000 a week for six months, we are on fire over here. That is not hazing. That is a sugar baby. And you are a sugar mama. Ow, ow. And royalty, no less. Is it hazing if they lick your Dorito fingers? We got another winner, winner, shepherd's pie for dinner over here. That was my first flip. And that is not hazing. That's all I really have to say about that. What is it? It's 2020. We don't kink shame here at Slam Drunk Pod or anywhere else. Depending on the type of Doritos that you prioritize, Maddie, Jamie, Vicky, give us your number one Dorito chip very quickly. Spicy Ranch. nacho. Oh, okay. Nachos. We have nacho <laughs> cheese, spicy nacho, and cool ranch. Don't tell us that our white guy hosted podcast is not a diverse podcast. We will shit on you with our preferred Dorito flavors. On to the second to last. Is it hazing if you tell everyone you're still dating, but you broke up six weeks ago and they filed a no contact order against you? Vicky has already flipped her cup. <laughs> Um, I would like to say this sort of happened to us junior year at Jameth. <laughs> Her ex-boyfriend came to our fucking dorm room and my roommate, Allie, that bad bitch, literally shoved him outside and locked the door. Greatest moment to ever happen to New 14. And we It's not hazing. You're just a dick. That's true, but we'll call it hazing if it gets a lawsuit for us. Last question for all of the money. Is it hazing 
if they like it. We have a flipped cup over here. That's just a kink, my guy. And we do not kink shame unless it is sweet chili Dorito flavored that you are licking off of someone's body parts. Hey, your roommate for two years loves sweet chili Doritos. And I kink shamed him for two straight years. Wait, we call it sweet two chili? in the Doritos, one in the kink. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay, because I already have the Slam Drunk Pod baby. Is it because I have to take a test with the baby in the morning? Maybe. <laughs> Jamie, Maybe. how much would you sell that baby for? Uh, $2. $2. Venmo us Here. at slamdrunkpod at venmo.com, and you will receive an authentic signed baby CPR uh, slash butt injection doll signed by the Slam Drunk team, which is exclusively comprised of Jamie for this uh, specific giveaway. The baby is also injected in the butt by the Slam Drunk team. And we are now moving on to the next segment of our show, Guess the Year! Vicky and Maddie, do not look at your scripts. I can't read. Me? Don't hack our <laughs> scripts. Well, that's okay, because we are guessing the year and opening our beers. Welcome to Guess the Year. In this game, we are guessing the year barriers were broken and legends were made. Mike, could you give us an example of how this game works? Yeah, here's an example. The year Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue and subsequently committed mass genocide. Oh, it's 1492, of course. Get it? Got it? All right. I have to get our next beer real quick. Mike, you should have said get it, got it, gabagool. Oh, cool. I'm on the hot seat. Should we do an anti-mic advertisement? Quickly. 100%. All right. Who's going to start us? I will. (laughs) Do you have a Michael in your life that you just can't stand? Why, Vicky? Yes, I do. Did you live with him for two goddamn years and not ever really figure out who he is or what he likes? Did you watch him play Jurassic Park? for six months, senior year of college, to no avail? Did you find him drunk and asleep and naked in your girlfriend's suite? You might have a Michael Wessner infestation. And what are you gonna do? Call Ghostbusters. 1-800-get-mike-out-of-my-bed. We know it's too many numbers. 1-800-PUT-MUSTARD-ON-YOUR-HOT-DOG, YOU FUCKING CUCK. That's the fastest way to get me out of any suite. Cheers. (coughs) Good stuff, guys. (laughs) And on to our game, Guess the Year, and we are opening... You're like the Lorax. I'm the Lorax. I speak for the trees, and the trees say Mike's a cuck. (laughs) That's why I'm not uh, an Earth Day supporter. I hate the trees. I cut them down. I don't recycle. And on the count of three, we will all open our new beer. One, two, three. Mike, you were so late. We got beer on our microphone. In this year, Violet Palmer and Dee Kantner were signed by the NBA to together become the first top-level female officials in any major United States professional sport. Guess the year. 1998. 1976. 2004. And Jamie is our Price is Right style winner with her guess of 1998 because the answer was 1997. Mike, do you have our next year? Oh, look at that. Here's I do. This was the year that the U.S. Soccer Federation agreed to adopt and enforce equality policies between the men's and the vastly superior and more winning women's U.S. national teams. 2004. 2018. Thank you for acknowledging that the women seem one more than men's. I'm going to say 2012, the end of the world. It was 2020, which I believe means Jamie won that point. August has sent us a chat that says it was last of King Week. Next That's up, because August is dyslexic. <laughs> it is Not true. hazing. Not hazing. That's the important part. This year is the year Phyllis George, Miss America in 1971, joins NFL Today, becoming one of the first women to have a prominent role in television sports coverage. 1974. 2006. I feel like Phyllis is an old name. Mm, 
2010. Jamie Nicole Johar is our winner once again, as the answer was a spot on 1974. The year that Liz Heaston became the first woman to play and score in a college football game, kicking for two extra points. What was the year? 2015. 1997. 1991. Jamie, are you Googling? It looks like you're Googling. I am not Googling. Are you using PEDs? What is a PED? A performance-enhancing drug. Are you enhancing your performance with drugs? Jamie, are you watching DVDs? No, because I get drug tested for my fucking job. Do you have your GED? Um, I have a high school thing. Do you endorse the makes- CDC? I do endorse the CDC. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. I have nothing else. Um, the year was 1997. Excellent work, Jamie. Who is definitely not using PEDs. Name the year that Serena Williams became the most winningest Grand Slam tennis player of all time. Suck a dick, Federer. 2007. It was like 2016. 2014. Jamie has won this point again, back to back. It was 2017. She deserved better. Not Jamie. Jamie's winning this game. Um, Serena Williams deserved better. She did. She always does, and she will. For our last guess of the year, this year was the year that women's sports received 4% of all national sport media coverage. I don't even think that's true yet. Yeah, I'm going to go like 2020. Jamie says 2020. Vicky says nay, it is merely science fiction. And Maddie says... Never. Also, science fiction, which retains Jamie's lead as this occurred in 2018, up from 1.5% in 2009. And that makes Jamie our winner of Guess the Year and Drink Your Beer. We like to drink with Jamie because Jamie is our our mate. And when we we drink with Jamie, he has a daughter for the day. Five, Five, three. (laughs) We don't have to count. (laughs) Eleven. Happy New Year. Yeah. Stop the count. Stop the count. B-roll. Herbert roll. Herbert rolls out to the right, throws a touchdown to Keenan Allen. We stand our king even though he still does have adolescent acne. I want to be Team Unicorns. Team Lady Unicorns is officially good to go. <laughs> no, Team Man Unicorns is officially good to go. Here in the house of Shepherd's Pie, we have your dominant flip cup gal. Oh, can I offer a game real quick? Always, of course. Time? Yeah. Okay. I would like to say, in the spirit of, you know, what this podcast is about this week, I would like to donate my money for a case of beer if you guys, Drew, August, Mike, can you name at least five female players and what they're famous for that doesn't include the Williams sisters? Big fan of the U.S. women's national team. You got Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, you got Tobin Heath. Kristen Press, Catherine O'Hara, who just started an amazing podcast. Rose Lavelle, she's amazing. She's the future of the team. I'm excited to see uh, her development through the national team when they take over the world. That's five. I could go on, of course, of course. But uh, I have like a to coach Mike to contribute. And Drew. No, you each have to name five for me to donate the money. Only fair. Come on, Drew. It's your turn. I'll be honest, I, I cannot. You're disappointed. I, I have... Um, the main one on my list, uh, whose book I have somewhere around here is, uh, Dr. Jennifer Welter. I'm very bad at reading. It's, it's a bad habit of mine. I have no excuses. No, I don't. Okay. Let's see if, uh, Mike can make up for your failure. Brianna Taurasi, or no, I'm sorry. You got me all heated. Diana Taurasi, Brianna Stewart, Becky Hammond, former WNBA player, current NBA coach, Doris Burke. Former WNBA, God, you got me so upset now. Uh, But I can't name a fifth, so you were right anyway. I have a good hint from the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team to the Eagles. You know who I'm talking about, picking it up for you. Is is this to me? Yes, very specifically to you. Right, the the Eagles' famous female player. Gordon. Gordon. It's, it's fucking Julie Ertz. 
Oh! Looks like you guys need to do a little research. I think August, August made up a bunch great. of names. I don't think we should recognize uh, what he's contributed here. No, I 100% support August. It's you two. Um, question for Maddie and Vicky. Do you guys... I don't know why this is something I feel you guys might remember, but it was just such like a monumental moment for me, like being a little, not a little girl, I guess I was older, but um, watching Katie Nita play for New Mexico. University of New Mexico? Yeah. Football? Yeah. Yes, I watched her live when she played against Texas Christian. Um, yeah, me I, I too. I didn't know her name, but she played like guard. No, that that was awesome. They they I remember that I was in the stands when they played uh, Texas Christian and University of New Mexico got their absolute shit rocked. I think my dad like pulled me down specifically to be like, you have to watch this with me. Like you have to experience this moment. Uh, super, I don't know why I'm thinking super, of that, but like that's five. Sorry, super. Thanks, Mike. Let it be let it be known if August failed to meet this challenge, it absolutely would not make it into the final cut. Okay. I think Maddie has comprised a fun little game for the boys. Spin that around. How you like them apples, Mike, August, Andrew. Agreed. May I uh just as a counter, just for fun, um, Maddie, how many professional sports players can you name? More than you. I mean that's you got fair. one yeah, down. Can you, can okay, can you name four time. more? Can you name four more? You only need to name four more, and I will pay for all of the beer for your next podcast. Um, Drew's that's a lot of beer. Uh, so, Drew, I must say you've let, you know, your whole team down, all of your listeners down, and kind of every woman in sports down. So I think you should probably pay for next week's episode. And donate to Planned Parenthood. And donate to Planned Parenthood. Well, let's not make it sound like I'm anti-Planned Parenthood by planting in there. I have no problem donating to Planned Parenthood. But no, I, I accept it. I'll wear my, my stripes. Uh, I, I did not show up to play today. Drew, it doesn't matter how much you play. It's how well you play. Uh, Moving on. My bad, Vicky. Good job. <laughs> Wait, I need to pee again. We got to get through this first. Okay, okay. Here, be quick. Welcome to our next but not final game. We'll get there when we get there. This one, though, is Has It Gone Too Far? In this game called Has It Gone Too Far, we will ask the women in our lives if our man crushes on our favorite players have gone too far. First up is Vicky. Vicky, has Drew ever made an offhand, kind of kidding, kind of not joke about bringing Philip Rivers into the bedroom? He has not made a comment about bringing him into the bedroom, though I still have felt threatened in our relationship by the man himself. I'll interject there. I once had a dream that uh, Philip Rivers showed up to, not, not didn't show up, but just like I was out to dinner with my family on my birthday and Philip Rivers like happened to be like two tables away from us and came and said happy birthday to me. We also met his dad one time. Has he ever talked about bringing his dad into the bedroom? The old playoff picture, if you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I will say I have thought about bringing Philip Rivers' dad into the bedroom. Mm. Maddie, what is the most erotic thing Mike has ever said about Joel Embiid? Well, I don't know about the most erotic sentence Mike has ever said, but definitely when Joel Embiid had his child with his model girlfriend, Mike was a little too jealous. Of the girlfriend. And their dog. Mike, would you bear Joel Embiid's child? Physically, I, I don't think that I could do that. I'm, I'm a pretty big weenie for pain. Adoptively, absolutely. I'd like to piggyback off of this and say that if you looked around Mike's place, he has more photos of Joel Embiid than any photos of us together. And his phone screen for two years was a photo of his best friend and Joel Embiid dunking. I would also like to say, first of all, Mike and Joel would make beautiful babies. They absolutely would. Second of all... Drew's phone screen is also not me, but in fact, Chargers players, and he changes them regularly. So he regularly thinks, you know, I'm going to put a Chargers player over my own girlfriend and our love that we have created over the past, what, five years? I will defend myself and say, um, my brain don't work. 
And the only reason, first of all, my phone screen is not regularly updated. Second of all, it was only updated because one, Justin Herbert is a God. And two, the Chargers social media happened to post a picture of him with the Chargers schedule on it, especially after it had been changed because of COVID rescheduling. And so there was absolutely no way I was going to be able to remember their schedule. That being said, they definitely play the Falcons next week. Vicky, has Drew ever asked you to call him Derwin, as in Derwin James? No, but I definitely think he has asked me to wear Derwin's jersey. Derwin's jersey is uh, is signed and will never be. Uh... Is that the one we lost? No, that was Keenan Allen. Uh. Really quickly, and one of the worst city experiences I've ever been to was in Jacksonville with Mike in August. Uh, but one of the best football experiences I've ever been to um, either last year or the year before, nothing makes sense anymore with COVID timeline. Mike Og and I went to Jacksonville to watch the Chargers play the Jaguars. The Chargers absolutely shit on the Jaguars' chest. And I met both Philip Rivers' dad after the game, as well as got my Derwin James jersey signed by Derwin James after the game, as well as we all snuck into the uh, Chargers' like family area afterwards, and we got to take players with about – 10 players and the coach. Our communal mouse pad that we, you know, share between our family of four in this house has a picture of Anthony Lynn, August, Andrew on it. To be clear, that's because the security guy told me that I didn't know August and Drew and that I was just some bum trying to get in. I called them and said, can you guys let me in? They took about 12 more photos and then let me in for some like third string running back. Anyway... No retort needed. Maddie, has Mike ever asked you to do an Australian accent, you know, because of Ben Simmons? No, I can't say that he has, but usually he's too preoccupied trying to play his didgeridoo early in the morning and kind of cultivating that accent himself. Which is close enough to Australia, if not in Australia. I have a question. Does Mike ever try to, you know, incorporate the didgeridoo into sexy time? Because I think he should. Just putting that out there. If you're taking recommendations. <laughs> I second the motion. Bring the didgeridoo into the bedroom. No kink shaming. I must say, I am. Uh, it's a lovely way to wake up to a didgeridoo blasting into my ear every morning. So. And the last question. What is the line to not be crossed with Mike and I specifically incorporating our sports fandom into our personal lives? Well... You already bought a Herbert jersey for our niece. That's true. So I guess the line is when you – one asked me to join Fantasy because I, I don't want to spend my time doing that. She also did not join Fantasy for the record. That's true, and I stand by that. Two, the other line is you were the one who said you didn't want to bring other people into our sexual lives, so don't bring other people into our sexual lives. Fantasy or not. That's my hot take. I need to pee. I'll say if I ever find um, little Joel Embiid, like faces of Joel Embiid on Mike's boxers, that's, that's definitely, definitely my limit. But I don't know, Jamie, do you have any limits for like if a guy you're dating, like there's just a certain point where you have to say, no, this is enough. I don't think so. Uh, as I think we all know, I've dated a lot of weirdos in my time. I've put up with a lot of crap. Um, I, don't, I don't think I have a line. That doesn't mean someone couldn't find it one day. Is it if they're wearing my Joel Embiid boxers that Maddie definitely doesn't know about yet? Mike, any, any person that I date that's wearing your underwear, yeah, that's, that's going to be a line that I have to draw. Not in the sand, but in the cement, because that is a hard line. I will say, uh, well, especially while Vicky is peeing, um, when it comes time, if it comes time, uh, for us to have biological children, there will be a rain dance style summoning of fertility that will be directly sent from my good vibes to Philip Rivers. Is that because he has 11 children or because he's a Chargers legend? It's a combination of both. They're inseparable, the two facts about him. Hot take. Anyone that has enough children to create their own football team needs to stop having children. You've taken it too far. Get it a vasectomy. It's reversible. I have to disagree. I would love a Von Trapp version of a sports game. And the winner of this segment, has it gone too far, is Jamie for not having to put up with us two goofballs. The loser is shareable, wearable sports underwear. Oh. 
let's finish our beers. Say what? <laughs> let's finish our beers. Let's finish our beers. I do have another beer. However, I am not finished with this one because as previously mentioned to some of you, I am the size of two thirds of a kangaroo or the entire size of a North American great octopus. Speaking of being environmentally conscious, this is the Mike and Drew one minute cold McRib review. If they like eat cold McRibs, McRibs right now, right, oh my God. Somebody, somebody sing Flamingo. Went to McDonald's and got the McRibs for Drew. Shout out to Shay for grabbing McRibs when I thought that we were, oh my God. They smell so disgusting. What the fuck? The, this, this is bad. This looks really bad. Like, I don't know if you guys can see this. <clears throat> fuck. <laughs> I'd like, like to make it absolutely clear that this is the first McRib I have ever eaten. This thing smells like a dead animal. This is disgusting. Mike, I'm ready when you are, buddy. I'm ready when I am, buddy. All right, McRib away, boy. It's falling out. It's all oh part of experience. Well, don't leave me out. I want to bite. It's like a pork chop between two frozen buns. You can tell why they use the sauce so excessively because the meat is not very good. Like you have to cover it in like a sugary, very boastful barbecue sauce. It's can like I, if Sweet Baby Ray's had a crackhead cousin. The crackhead cousin is the McRib. Can I ask how this is related to sports? Like, uh, no, you cannot. All right. Tyrod Taylor got his McRib <laughs> broken and, and his lungs stabbed and it was punctured. That's a close enough report to what happened. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever eaten. Why do you keep eating it? I'm pretty it's hungry. The worst thing I've ever eaten. Um, it's definitely not in like the top like 75% of things I've eaten though. This has also been sitting in this box for a solid minimum two hours, if not closer to three hours. Drew, Overall, I've also uh, seen you try to eat 50 McDonald's chicken nuggets in like one sitting though. So uh, I don't know next if I episode, trust- I'll buy 50 chicken McNuggets and if August allows me to do so, I'll eat all 50 of them live. I can do it. You guys caught me on an off day. I don't believe you. Mm-mm. I would like to say this McRib is in the same tier of like disgustingness as my ex's. Oh my God. Oh yeah, that's bad. Thank you for that imagery. Like a little sour, spicy in not a good way. Just a little tang, you know? Yeah, like the, the funky tang, not the good tang. Can I ask one more question for Mike and Drew and August as well? Would you guys be just as open to watching the sports teams you watch now if they were co-ed? For sure. I have been a proponent for a long time that the NBA should be co-ed. Coming from a co-ed team, it's so interesting that like, you guys say that because sailing was, for me, co-ed. Um, but what it ended up being, just based on the way sailing is and the mechanics of it and Essentially, the male, the skipper, so we will call them, was always in the back driving the boat. Um, All the stats kind of were based on them. Whereas the people in the front, the females, like myself, we were in the front. So even though it was considered a co-ed sport, it was basically a bunch of guys racing against each other with girls in the front kind of directing the sails. So it almost like you can say it was co-ed. Yeah, you had boys and girls in the same boat, but at the end of the day, you very, very rarely had a female skipper driving or sailing in the same kind of proportion that you would have the male sailing. You might, in a fleet of 10, have one female skipper, if that, maybe two on like a blue moon kind of day, but it did not feel co-ed. It felt like boys drive, girls crew, that's that. It takes me a lot of energy and a lot of work to get the kind of strength training that the boys get so easily to build that kind of muscle. It's just two totally different worlds. So ultimately, I don't think it's going to take women playing in men's leagues to be equal. It's going to take recognition of women's leagues and women's sports to kind of bridge that gap between men's sports, women's sports, co-ed sports, non-binary sports, that kind of thing. It's not going to be a women playing in men's league. It's going to be everyone getting the same recognition for the work they put into a sport and getting the same coverage, the same sponsorships, the same media coverage, the same investment into it 
here to review, review it. it. And, and join us on the remainder of the show. We're going to redo the whole section. We're going to redo the whole section. Thank you very much. The whole beer of the week. Yes, we're going to redo the whole beer of the week. I thought that you guys could be more charismatic and dynamic in your duo. You're lackluster. Pick it up. Which duo are you talking about? Are you speaking to the Let's couple? Or Mike and I? Or Mike and you. We're the couple. Drew, we're the or couple. You and Manischewitz? Vicky, <laughs> Vicky, Maddie, and Jamie have been amazing. I see smiles all around. Welcome to the Jamie, Maddie, Vicky, August, Mike, and Drew beer review we are here to review this beer with our friends. We are very excited. We have just opened our last beers. And we are now here to talk about how the Denim Tux is six beers in. Because we all definitely had enough to drink six each. And that's about where I stopped. Mike, go ahead. We definitely said earlier, I think it was Vicky said this, but correct me if I'm wrong, that this was a beer that you just felt like you could drink a ton of. And we've drank a ton of it. And it's still kind of tastes like New Mexican water in the best way possible. In fact, if I had gone to Drew and Vicky and friend's house and their water was just denim tux on tap, I probably wouldn't be alive today, but uh, I would have been, I would have died a happier man because this is definitely a good sipping beer. It's definitely a good drink fast beer, which is rare. I would say this is definitely um, a beer you can drink any occasion, whether you're pre-gaming with the beer or it's your beer after a work day, anything like that is a good beer i think anyone can enjoy no matter if you like lighter lighter beer darker beer anyone across the spectrum will enjoy this beer smooth delicious not too sweet not too hoppy i really enjoyed it i will be seeking out more in the future agreed with jamie i would drink this beer before a football game i'll drink this beer during a football game i would share this beer with my friends that i hadn't seen in a long time if we went on a camping trip and I would drink this beer uh, at my wedding. This is a really good beer. Uh, I would give it at, I, I'm going to say conservatively an 8 out of 10. Very easy to drink. Uh, very solid alcohol percentage. It got me drunk enough that I could muscle through a McRib. And uh, I'll leave it up to Vicky from there. So my first impression was that it was kind of IPA, which I don't enjoy. I enjoy like darker beers. Um, I'm more of a lager gal myself, so like a mid-range, and this felt very hoppy at first, but it was that smoky hops that Mike and I talked about, and as I've been drinking them, it's become much more natural. It tastes good. Uh, I agree with Mike that it could replace New Mexico water, and I would just be fine with it, which is rare for me because I'm much more of a White Claw gal than a beer gal. It's like a denim tux where I feel it's coming back in style. We can wear pants and jacket denim, two different denims. I'll go out on that limb. I'll die on that hill. We can wear all denim outfits and look fucking rad, which is what this beer represents. You know, a denim tux is a jean on jean outfit that looks hot. Um, so I've had multiple beers during this podcast from this brewery and all of them have been just like fantastic none of them disappointment i think you could close your eyes point to a list of any of the beers they offer and be satisfied so if anyone's ever in new mexico i'd, I'd definitely recommend giving them a try would you say playing flip cup with this beer was a good decision absolutely i am someone who vomits easily during drinking games and i did not throw up during that game or during this podcast so score one for jamie I'm the best, um, but in actuality, I would play drinking games with this as well as just sit on the porch and sip it, as well as chug it if need be. So, big fan. Um, Vicky had to go on, you know, probably her 17th pee break as since we started recording seven and a half hours ago now. And she instructed me to tell you guys and to tell our wonderful audience that definitely emails us all the time at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com that this would be, you know, the bone arrow brewery would be an excellent place to visit, uh, you know, on a date night if we decided to drive four hours North from Deming, New Mexico up to Albuquerque. And, you know, if there wasn't like a pandemic going on and that kind of thing. So eventually when we have a date night in Albuquerque, we will be visiting the bone arrow brewing co and we will be very excited about it. And we'll be very drunk. We'll have to get an Uber home when we're in the big city and there are such things as Uber. And real quick, if this were a beer, what 
Mike, you need a little more like enthusiasm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can be Mike now. I'm Mike now. If this beer were a sports team, which sports team would it be and why? I, I think you have to answer the question, Jamie. If this beer were – all right. All right. Being a girl from Colorado, I grew up there for 19-some-odd years. Um, I'm going to have to compare this beer to the Denver Broncos before they got Peyton Manning. He's fine, but before him. So, like, pre-2016 Denver Broncos. They're fun. They're from the West. They're reliable. They're generally a progressive team uh, playing at Mile High Stadium. Just all around a dependable, reliable, enjoyable team. Name five of their players. No, I'm kidding. I'm not a douchebag. Maddie, also known as Drew Number Two, please give us your team. All right, I'm gonna have to go with the Tottenham Hotspurs circa the last World Cup series because it had everyone's fucking attention. And Maddie slash Drew Number Two, have you been to their stadium? Have you visited their stadium? I've heard very little of it, but I've heard nothing but excellent things about the stadium there in Tottenham. I have not been there, but I've been watching games. Mike and I watch them uh, like every Sunday when they have them. And they're doing a pretty good job with COVID and everything of still keeping like fans interactive with the games and still exciting to watch. So 10 out of 10 for them. They're going, they're trying real hard. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And that is the Jamie, Maddie, Vicky, August, Mike, and Drew beer review for our 10th episode of the Slam Drunk Podcast. Don't forget to email us at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com, especially if you are looking to Venmo us $2 for a baby signed by our exclusive member, Jamie Nicole Johar. I'm your co-host, Drew Hernandez. I'm your other co-host, Michael H. The H stands for the horse's head in Drew's bed, Wessner. August Dichter ran an underground rare pen trading ring in middle school and is also the producer of this podcast. Sophie Levinson is the sound engineer. Tyler Salami Eglin cooked up our episode art. William Powell is our European sports correspondent. Noah Landstrom is our animal mascot hunting expert. Ben Poop Boy Polino is our in-house trainer. Vicky Grew, Maddie Daly, and Jamie Johar joined us on our episode today. Our intro song samples Dreams by DJ Quads. Check Chill Out Records on YouTube and chilloutmedia.com for more. Of course, do not forget to email us at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at slamdrunk underscore pod. And... Please don't drink if you are under the age of 21 or 18 in the countries where that is apparently legal. Don't drink and drive. When we say it, it's not to mean that we ever would. It's just an inside joke and, you know, we're sarcastic about these things. If we say that we could drive, it's because we're just trying to say that we definitely can't drive because we're that drunk. Circular logic, psychology, that stuff. And second to last, but definitely not second to least, wear a mask. And finally, and most excitingly, if you have made it to this part of the episode, be ready to be excited, to be thrilled, and to get spiritual on next week's episode because we are starting a religious organization here at Slam Drunk Pod. Yay. Do you want to say bye, everyone, at the same time? Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.